0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we are chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year and breaking down the state of the 2024 Oscars race. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall. I hope you have all adjusted to daylight saving time, because I sure have not. Uh, Joining me this week are EW's resident Oscars expert, Joey Nolfi, and EW senior writer, Devin Kogan. Hello to you both. Do you know what time it is? Is it daylight where you are?
1: It's... It is time to (laughs) pass the Penguin Bloom Torch onto a new title.
0: Oh, good God. Here we
1: go. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I'm (laughs) so glad to have
2: Devin here. Hi, Devin. Thank you. Thank you for letting me stop by. And and I always love chatting with you guys. This is a blast. Uh,
0: Yeah. Very excited to have you here. Um, Specifically because of something we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show, Devin and I, we spent... Quite an interesting day of work together on a um, on a ranch in Simi Valley, <laughs> uh, and it was uh, it was quite a, quite a fantastic day of work. Um, we'll, it was we'll it tell was everyone. very
2: picturesque with three. Yes, deaths. that is
0: one that is one one word for it. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into all that a little bit later, but um, hey, I want to start with some breaking news, Joey. Did you hear we have a new entry in the awards race from uh, Mayonnaise Entertainment? <laughs>
1: Not mayonnaise
0: entertainment. I, well, you're making me think of on a ranch, ranch dressing entertainment. I, I would, I would love that as well. You, 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 you named ranch entertainment last week. Yeah. Sorry, Devin, this is a joke from last week because, um, ketchup entertainment, which is a real distribution company, they are releasing the awards juggernaut memory. Yeah, yeah, Jessica Chastain and Peter Sarsgaard. Um, all all the respect to them. I um, we just we're just having a little fun here with the with the names, but um, <laughs> we should just come up with a new condiment themed entertainment company each week. Well,
1: I mean,
2: transseguing
1: into. <laughs> the
0: film that i really want yeah. to talk about is appropriate
2: well i was gonna say it just reminds me of what was that taylor swift tweet Blah. about her at the chiefs game being like no but everybody was like oh yeah taylor the... swift spotted eating chicken with ketchup at a side of seemingly ranch <laughs> seemingly seemingly ranch is the Seeming... funniest thing in the world today.
0: yeah seemingly ranch entertainment seemingly i someone ranch. should uh, someone should buy up those rights quickly Trademark it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So let's kick things off. Well, it's where I want to kick things off. Uh, But Joey, I know you, I can just tell you are like, you're itching. You're itching to talk about it. You're itching to talk. We are. I mean, I do have it slated to talk about later. Do you want to hold it? Let's hold it. Let's oh, let's no! let's let's stick with them. See, I, that's what I love. I'm gonna make you squirm and wait. Ah! Okay, so let's kick things off talking uh. about someone who has uh, quickly emerged as a as a real force to be reckoned with in Hollywood. Divine Joy Randolph. She has been turning in really memorable, scene stealing work in yeah. everything recently, from Only Murders in the Building to Dolomite Is My Name, and now she is considered a very strong Oscar contender for her work in Alexander Payne's latest film. The Holdovers, which opened in select theaters last weekend, and of course it is going to continue to expand. Now, her character Mary runs the cafeteria at Barton Academy, where Paul Giamatti's Paul Hunnam is a teacher. He is charged with taking care of the students a.k.a. the holdovers who aren't able to go home over the holiday break. Uh, and uh, they kind of spend some evenings together. Uh, Paul's character, uh, her character, and then uh, this newcomer, Dominic Sessa, um, ends up being kind of the one lone student left. Uh, I think it is it is one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, and Divine is just, my God, such a standout. Um, Joey, how are you feeling about her chances? Uh, initially, I think it's one of those performances where I mean,
1: you watch the film overall, and it just is such a mood and a feeling. And there's on the one hand, you have such an impeccably written screenplay. And then on the other hand, it's just this movie where the aesthetic and the vibe is just so it just so all consuming. And you are living in this world for two and a half hours and it just washes over you in the best way and her performance is very subtle it is extremely subtle so i think if you go into this movie expecting like the scene stealing oscar Beatty kind of performance you're not going to get that but what you are going to get is probably of her entire career the most lived in authentic genuine approach that she has ever taken to a character and it is so essential to the fabric of that film and it's, it's it's more reminiscent i think of a performance that you usually see academy voters go for with men than women uh, I think with with female performances you still get these traditional academy voters that like a woman to be showy and chewing scenery and and that's the performance but this is the opposite of that and I think it's you will see the actors embrace this uh going forward it is it is such an amazing performance and such an amazing film
0: yeah, I'm glad you said that um, because I, I, and, and not the chewing scenery that there's not great skill and performance and everything involved in that. But it is these quieter, lived in, raw, authentic performances that um that it's just a it's a different level yeah. um and there's something that you then just there's there's an added level of sympathy and or empathy involved there and uh i just there there is a moment though that she has and not that it's a, a scenery chewing one but it is just a moment and i'm like oh th- there get like yeah. there it is give give her the award right yeah. now and i think
1: it's interesting to see what she's sort of up against in the supporting actress race because mm-hmm. somebody like i mean my predictions right now i have are danielle brooks in color purple uh, divine joy randolph for the holdovers emily blunt in oppenheimer julianne moore for may december and taraji p henson for the color purple and i feel like
2: mm-hmm. most
1: of those other performances especially i mean emily blunt that is a performance that there is zero subtlety to and it is very much all on the surface because, and it's no knock against her, but like, I mean, Christopher Nolan is not very good at writing female characters. And so her character lives very much on the surface. It's been, I love to bring up that little flask that she pulls out. It's like, we get it. She's an alcoholic. She has a flask in every scene. But like, I mean, yeah. she does the most with what she can in that performance. But it's a very different kind of performance. And Julianne Moore, too, in May, December. What a different performance from what Divine Joy Randolph is doing in The Holdovers. But I mean, those are also two examples of greatness, and what scenery chewing can be excellent in those two performances. I mean, May December is a little bit. I mean, she does have her her more subtle moments in that, but there are a few where you're just like, "Holy shit!" Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting supporting actress race, too.
0: Yeah, and you know the thing I will also say about um, Julianne Moore in May December is that she's almost more of a co lead. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, when we're talking about like, you know, really like defining a lead from supporting, um, yes, you know, they're, they're putting, uh, Natalie Portman in lead and Julianne in supporting, but um yeah. really it's like, to me, it's almost a co-lead, uh, movie. So yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that. I think that, uh, what I look, I mean, I have a very controversial opinion on, uh, like uh, the way that I look at, or I regularly have controversial opinions on how I break down performances. <laughs> like, I think the, the biggest one that I can think of is in Room. I consider Brie Larson supporting. I do not consider her lead in Room I, because I think that story is solely told from the perspective of Jacob Tremblay's character. S- the same with this, I think that we get, I don't necessarily think that Juliana's lead just because I think while she's in it a lot, the story is pretty much mostly told from the perspective of Natalie Portman's character immersing herself in this world. And we learn things the same way that she does. So, I don't think that Julianne is is lead. I think in terms of timing, sure, but like I said, right, and Larson that's is more in, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: From the amount of time she's there, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and that cry face, uh, and, oof, it, it is excellent oh. in this film. <laughs> it,
0: it sure is. It sure is. Um, you mentioned um, Danielle Brooks and Taraji for the color purple. Uh, yeah, that one. You know, I, I think that movie um, really has the potential to blow up in a lot of the acting categories. Um, so let's say they are, let's say they are firmly planted in this category. Who yeah. do you think is at risk of, you know, you know, dropping below that fifth spot names that had been part of the conversation were like, oh, yeah. they're, they're going to get nominated. But now yeah. maybe not so much.
1: I think Sandra um, Huller for right. uh, zone of interest, just because I think she's yeah. getting more attention. She's going to get more attention for anatomy of a fall, which I I finally saw and I just um I I'm not buying it. Like I just I it,
0: What's that? I, I think there's a bad connection. I can <laughs> Joey. Yeah, anatomy Are of Are you life. still there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um Anatomy of all fall just not not my thing. That's but, fine,
0: Joey. Just beware of open windows. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. I I but I do think that she is. Uh, the direction I think is is going more in that for her for lead and also Jodie Foster and Nyad. I think um, she yeah. was getting a lot of buzz out of the festivals too. But I think as we're seeing that film is kind of uh, fizzling out, I yeah. think. And I think Annette yeah. is even probably in in jeopardy at this point. So we'll see. We will definitely see as the color purple starts to roll out, because I think that's one a lot of people are going to be very excited by and judging by some of the reactions to some of the screenings that I've heard, um, like people were like applauding out loud and on their feet
0: in those screenings. So
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a crowd pleaser.
0: Yeah. Um, Devin, who would you like to see in this category?
2: Uh, In Best Supporting actors,
0: Supporting, yeah.
2: Um, good question. I there's still a lot I haven't seen. I need to see May, December. Um, mm. I need oh, to see the holdovers. Yeah. Um, I I've heard some buzz. I'm curious what you guys think about. There's been some talk about like America Ferrera squ- uh, squeezing in for like the yeah. oh, Barbie oh, spot. Oh, oh, <laughs> no. Have oh we, no,
0: oh oh we <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, we <laughs> we uh. This is one of Jared and I's favorite uh, contentious topics from this podcast. I just she I, no no, it's not happening. It's not happening,
0: but I know but 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 Devin I to your point, I mean, yeah, I think, look she's she's getting a lot of attention for it, I think she like she understood the assignment, um, and she delivered, like, I think it's one of those you know those kind of rousing get the troops in order, here is our mission, we know what we stand for, um and she did it very well, um, I also think it's not totally unlike america ferreira who i think that is there there are lots of america in that speech yeah. right there um uh, and that's not to say that's not acting um because i i i think it's a a great moment uh, but i also understand why people think it's like <sighs> overwrought or whatever but um I, yeah. I think it i think it's an important moment in the film it is. I just yeah. think it's a little... That that speech
1: is a little too on the nose, I think. And it kind of takes me... It took me out of the movie in a way that I don't think Greta intended to. I think it was... Because I think that movie is so good at getting in its commentary in a really subversive kind of way. But that scene just felt so on the nose. And I, I think America... And I've said this on the podcast before. I think America is wonderful. Real Women Have Curves, one of my favorite movies of all time. She is a splendid actress. I think that that scene you can you see her acting a little bit too much and I think that that is not her fault again I think it comes back to the screenplay and the fact that that scene is too on the nose and there's not really much you can do with that when you're just plopping that sort of on the nose spell it out for you thematically kind of moment into a movie that is so subversive so I just I I, don't, I think if people vote for it they're going to vote for the sentiment and not the performance.
2: That's fair. I will say that the one supporting actress performance that, fingers crossed, I would be so happy on Oscar nominations morning would be if Rachel McAdams (gasps) got in for Are You There God, It's Me, Margaret. She is so good. And that movie is so good. And it's one that I hope there continues to be some buzz around it going into Oscar, um, Oscar season, because I think it's gotten kind of overlooked. And I think she's Fantastic! Yes, thank you mm-hmm. for
1: saying that because as soon as I yeah. was done at, at seeing that movie, I immediately like texted all of my Oscar head friends and I was like, "Okay, Rachel, like she's she's got to be in, like she has to be in." And it was her performance is wonderful in that movie, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere.
0: Well, yeah, I'm, um, it's,
2: the race isn't over yet. We can, I can still hope, yes. still can dream. Oh, it. It's very you. true. I'm yeah, you. as
0: you should. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that movie. I, um. I feel like just when I'm at various things, um, I, I hear people like it, it gets brought up quite a bit, um, and so I, I don't know if that's just like the hopeful mentality that that p- folks in the industry yeah. have about it, or if there's this really like b- under the surface brewing momentum for it. There could um, be. maybe to at least say like a you know get a screenplay nomination yeah. um, because it is a fantastic screenplay yeah. as well. Yeah. It's it's definitely
1: possible. And I mean, she did. The the one thing working against it, though, is the movie really like there was zero interest in that movie in theaters like it tanked. And it also there was not many people talking about it outside of people in the film community. And she did get a Gotham nomination, though, which positioning wise, that's a good look to go into the season with. So we'll see where that Mm -hmm. goes. I, I really would love to see her get nominated as well.
2: Me too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Kelly Freeman Craig, yes. who wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. Um And uh, Edge of Seventeen is like one of my favorite coming of yeah. age stories in the last, you know, ten years. And um, but I think of, of if anyone's likely to get a nomination for that one, I think it's going to be Rachel. Um, yeah. So fingers crossed. I'm not. I'm not counting on it. But that would be my. I would. If that happened on Oscar morning, I would. I could walk away. Happy. And
1: Kathy Bates yeah. wig.
2: Yes, Kathy Bates no. is so good in it. If you haven't yeah. seen Are You There, yeah. God, It's Me Margaret," so please go home, get yeah. it on demand, wherever it's streaming. It is just like such a delightful
0: Wonderful. It is
2: wonder, 10 out of 10 yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was on a flight recently and could see three different people from my seat um, uh, uh, around me watching it. Um, uh, So there. Once upon a time, we had another uh, strong contender in the supporting actress race, Lili Gladstone of Killers of the Flower Moon. She is now in a lead category, Um, but that movie, um, as well as a few others, have been testing viewer patience, um, to, to put it a bit lightly. Flower Moon's runtime is three hours, 26 minutes. Oppenheimer is three hours, one minute. Anatomy of a Fall is two hours, 32 minutes. And the Holdovers is two hours, 13 minutes. Uh, several others coming in, um, just over two hours as well. Um, okay. So, uh, and by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this when it opened in theaters, I think it might've been for weekend two killers of the flower moon, some movie theaters (laughs) programmed it, um, and built in an intermission and the studio was like, no, 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 we can't do that. We're not doing that. So here's the thing. If you go to a Broadway show, those are all over three hours and they build in intermissions. So, uh, uh, it's either people are going to be constantly walking out and missing portions of the movie or like, you know, do something like this. That's a long time to if you watch a movie at home that's three hours, 26 minutes, you can hit pause. Go do what you need to do in a theater. It's, you know, not as easy. And I, I don't know about you guys. I'm one yeah. of those people who's like, I hate getting up and bugging people to get out of the aisle to go to the restroom or whatever. Mm. Um, but anyway, all of that to say, is it fair to audiences? These well, long run times.
1: I love this. I just want to say on this Oscars podcast, Jared deserves an Oscar and an Emmy because I love that you posed that question to me as if I didn't just write that question myself into the script. <laughs> you were just like re- asking me my own <laughs> point. I love it. Bravo, Jared. Thank you. Um, this is isn't that the point of why you send me the topics? Yes. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I love it. It's it's, okay. it's just watching you work. I just, I love it. I love it, Jared. Um, but Everything's mm- fresh and new. I just want everybody to know that this is my, like, don't blame jared for this like this is purely like <laughs> this is purely me complaining about this stuff and i just like I, i'm sorry these these i and martin even said i believe he said uh i think it was him uh he said that, get
0: over it you little bitches is basically what he said. no like, he was kidding like, that's not what he said <laughs> he,
1: he was like he got on his little floating donut in his swimming pool and he said <laughs> He said, people binge TV shows at home, and they, they, if they do that, you can dedicate 3.5 5 hours to being in a theater. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Ms. Scorsese. No, you you can't. It's not the same. I, when I go you to the theater- You get to hit pause and go to the restroom. You rest get room. to hit pause. And yeah. I just, I can't, three and a half hours in a theater is- so cuz it's it you have to get to the theater and then you have to go home and you it it becomes like an all day affair and i'm just like i'm sorry i and then if you have to pee during the movie you don't know which part to pee in and what if you miss like a tectonic plot reveal when you go pee and it's just like i, I it, it's it's not fair to audiences i don't i think that especially when you watch Oppenheimer and Anatomy of a Fall the holdovers i think mostly earns its 2 hour 13 minute runtime. Anatomy of the Fall and Oppenheimer absolutely do not. I think that Oppenheimer is the worst offender oh. of the year. I think that Oppenheimer is the fi- the first 30 minutes and the last hour and 10 minutes or so of that movie I was actively angry with the movie because I was like this the last hour could have been a title card at the end summarizing what happened and <laughs> It turned into a completely different film, and I think you do a giant disservice to the story that you actually are trying to tell by turning it into a completely different movie in the last hour that felt completely, I mean, it wasn't irrelevant to the actual historical events, but it was irrelevant to, I feel like, the movie we had been watching for the first hour and 45 minutes. And Anatomy of a Fall as well, like, I'm sorry, those court scenes, they drag on way too long. They uh, do, no, Jared. I was engaged the entire. No, I was
0: fully engaged in the it's, entire thing. I, I, I mean the moments. But that, I also love like a crime drama. Um, g- 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 like I love those kinds of well, stories. Jared, so go, like a murder mystery. Yeah. Go commit a crime and sit in court and I'm, if i um, could get to new york and soon it. Oh, i no! would <laughs> <laughs> i
1: i just i don't know i think <laughs> that you you've got to earn your your runtime and there are 16 different scenes that i can pick out in oppenheimer that i'm like you need to cut it and also in an anatomy of a fall i'm like this could have been a crisp hour and 45 minutes like i get what you're trying to say justice is uh Sold as this sort of black and white ideal, but we're living in the gray area of humanity and we can't escape that. I get it. I got it within the first 45 minutes. Did I need two and a half hours of this? No, I didn't. And
0: that, this- an- that answer was about as long as Oppenheimer. Um, Devin? <gasps> what do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: that sorry. was not in my screen. I'm script. kidding. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> that was a Jared original.
0: It was. No, Uh, I I joke. I kid.
2: I'm I'm torn because on one hand, I like the Marvels is coming out this week. This is not we're not talking about an Oscar movie, but this is a movie that is a tight ninety minutes, and I am so excited to Uh, go to the movies and watch like a ninety minute adventure. Like I am so excited Mm -hmm. for this. I that Mm -hmm. is that is should be like the number one selling point. But at the same time, I sat down to watch Killers of the Flower Moon, and I was in, in. Raptured the entire time, yeah. like I didn't. I like made sure that I dehydrated myself before then, so I wouldn't have <laughs> I to get up too, and go yeah. to the bathroom. And uh because, like, sometimes when uh, I go to a movie, you know, I smuggle a diet coke in my bag. You always, um, you're a queen of diet coke, honestly. So, always, I have mine right here. But for this one, I was like, no, I'm gonna purposely, you know, stay away from it liquid, liquids, like you know like fasting when you go to the doctor. Um, That's how I prepared to see Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm so glad I did because that is a movie I feel like really earned like the luxuriating in the time and really making it feel like this story was really lived in and spending time with all of these people. And it really kind of gets across the sense of this story that this is not just, you know, a group of people who came up with a murder plot. It is entrenched in this whole, you know, it's much more societal. And so for a movie like that, Martin Scorsese, you get a pass. You get no, to make your doesn't. three and a half hour movie. He doesn't yes, get he an does.
1: automatic pass. Well, I can't speak on that for *Killers of the Flower Moon* yet. I cannot uh, speak on whether or not that earned its runtime just yet. But I will say, though, Miss Thelma, like calling people out, calling those theaters out for having the intermission, l- let people live. Like you, you, I, I, like how dare you! do this little intermission call out and also like they're trying to make people who have overactive bladder like certain people on this podcast have a chance at sitting in the movie theater for three and a half hours to watch your movie and also um i think though i do think that a three and a half ish hour movie like that's something that i think will benefit like the at home fyc sort of screening aspect of it like i mean people are going to be they're going to be holding off on the theater cannot wait to pop this into their little dvd player or click their little link um at home to watch a three and a half hour movie so yes it will work in favor there but yeah theaters and i'm talking purely in terms of theater like theater this is the only perspective i'm coming at but this is theatrical
2: i mean it takes me back to the old days of vhs's when you would have like the titanic (gasps) vhs two two parts or Mm -hmm. the two part um we always had a uh, sound of music came on two yeah. VHSs. um schindler's and so, list
0: was yeah yeah
2: so like you know i mean whatever it's an intermission i don't think it's you know if you want to s- sit through an intermission if you want to ha- program an intermission be my guest but if you want to sit through it the whole three hours also be my guest
0: yeah yeah, it's funny, um, no Devin. Answers. I um as b- people have told me they're going to go see Killers of the Flower Moon. That's the first thing I say is, do not drink anything for one to two hours before you see it. Um, and a yeah. couple of people oh. I know said, oh, uh, well we're actually doing like the in theater, like drinking, no. dining, whatever. No. And I'm like, oh, I did that, that for Anatomy sound like of a Good fall. Idea, but... <sighs> so that was the problem. No, that was not now the problem. we're getting I mean, to I the I... root. No, I the... can mm. do okay.
1: So if I do that method. <laughs> i can do my max is like 230 that's my max that once a movie starts pushing so those two extra minutes (laughs) um excuse me with an uh, with killers of the flower moon it would be an hour extra and yes yes i'm just saying
0: anatomy is 232
1: 230 like that i can that is my absolute like limit is 230 and then i start to get although i i saw it with my dear friend meddy and she was sitting next to me and she kept saying she was like as soon as the credits rolled she looked over at me and she was like i could tell you didn't like that she was like there was a lot of sighing during the movie because i kept she was like <laughs> <laughs> she was like you kept being like <sighs> <sighs> and i was like oh yep yep i guess i did mm.
2: the joey uh, nolfi review yeah. there was a lot yeah. of sighing. I also spilled yeah. my
1: drink in the middle of the movie <laughs> Wow! Sorry to the woman sitting next to me, but yeah, I had my little seltzer with a splash of cranberry and I went to take my pill in the middle of the movie and it just (laughs) crashed everywhere. The ice cubes literally Uh, fell.
0: It was,
1: yeah, it was... It was well, horrifying. You,
0: you became the person that you get annoyed by in the theater.
1: More entertaining than the movie, actually, that little. Uh, wow.
0: That little. All right. Thing. So um, moving on, we got to um, take a quick break. But before that, <gasps> uh, quickly here, the the Writers Guild has moved its annual awards to take place on April 14th, which is more than a month after the Oscars on March 10th. Uh, Joey, what, what does it ultimately mean for the Oscars?
1: um i think this means we are likely going to get a very another sort of crazy award season i I think that the oscars are likely to push back as well unless the strike comes to an end like this week which it could we we don't know but i think if the strike is not over by december uh we might see the oscars moving moving back again but to to be determined uh, SAG yeah, Awards definitely TV. like I don't know what's going gonna go on with the SAG Awards. So
0: yeah, well, uh, and Emmys before that. So um, Ooh, it, yeah. yeah, it's uh, we, we need resolution soon uh, for sure. Um, not just for the purpose of award shows, but so actors and all these other uh, crew can members get can get back, back to work. To work. Indeed. Um, All right. So now we will take that quick break. Uh, When we come back, we are looking ahead to the many contenders still to hit theaters over the next eight weeks or so. And we're getting some inside dish from Devin on EW's latest cover featuring a movie that is hoping to generate some buzz. The awardist will be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. Joey Nolfe, Devin Kogan, and I are taking a close look at the rest of the 2023 calendar right now because there are uh, at least 10 movies still to hit theaters that are uh, ingrained in the awards conversation Saltburn, Poor Things, May, December, Maestro, Napoleon, Origin, American Fiction, The Color Purple, All of Us Strangers, Ferrari. Um, I know we all know that the end of the year is very typically loaded with these contenders, but does it feel like more so this year than usual? Like there just feels like an abundance of movies.
1: Mm, no, no, no. Right. I
0: think that it's,
1: yeah, this is pretty typical. Cause I think it, it feels that like, uh, most of those, I think outside of color purple and, Wait, wait, what were the other ones you said? There was a few that I think have have not gone to the major fests. So it feels like Napoleon. It feels like those ones have sort of yet to uh, truly break in in the way that we are used to contenders breaking in. But pretty much most of the other ones we've been sitting with for a while. um, Some of them uh, we've been sitting with for too long, I think. So,
0: yeah, well, to that point, I mean, a lot of them have been playing uh, the festival circuit um, and, uh, you know, a lot of those filmmakers, they have been making the rounds, doing Q&A after Q&A. Uh, you mentioned Napoleon. Um, that one has not, uh, but it does open in just a couple weeks and yeah. it's going to screen next week for the industry. Um, but uh, you also mentioned The Color Purple. That one did not go the route of the festival circuit. Um, it did go to Scat Savannah Film Fest and there was like a a, a portion of the film played, but it was not the full film uh, and uh, director uh, Blitz Bazzuoli was there. Um, But anyway, to the point of not going to to the big festivals, do you think that could hurt or help it? Uh,
1: I think in this case, uh, it helps it because you, the festivals were extremely crowded. And Mm -hmm. if you're waiting, like you're waiting to be rid of all of that uh, congestion with all of these other contenders at the festivals, and then you sort of have a path to be cleared to make your own press narrative. And we, as we've seen in the past, like the late debuting films often become like flavor of the moment. Um, I'm thinking of, like, I think I mentioned this last week, like American Sniper and Selma both waited until AFI to hold their first screenings. And uh, we saw how that went. They both got Best Picture nominations. So um, I think American Sniper got, what, like nine or ten nominations or something like that? Uh, or maybe not that many. But, I mean, it got a lot. And I think, yeah, you wait, you especially when you're looking to become a uh, sort of general consensus audience favorite, which I think Color Purple will. And I think it'll also do really well at the box office. That's definitely the kind of movie you want to wait until later so that it frees itself from all of this sort of critical uh, targets that often come out of the festival. And you can just blossom as this audience consensus favorite in December.
0: Yeah, it has some of the. Uh, the most rousing performances I have seen this year. We have talked about Danielle and Taraji who are Miss just Fantasia. phenomenal. Fantasia Barino is my gosh. Uh, I mean of course it's the same role she played on um on Broadway um but she's great. Uh Coleman Domingo is also Ooh. phenomenal. Um I gotta say Sierra is barely in the movie i know i'm just i gotta stand my but yeah but i just no i know um but just want to make sure people know she's barely in this thing um but kind of early on um her name was being thrown around a lot and and, um yeah no really touting that she was you know like one of the stars um uh by the way one of those other um movies that we mentioned there saltburn all right now's your moment (laughs) go for it yeah the um, go for it joey oh my
1: gosh okay i just i finally saw it Last night, and I, I immediately texted you, Jared, and I was just like, Mm -hmm. "This, I two movies have completely bowled me over this year, and Poor Things and Saltburn. Saltburn is hands down my favorite thing I have seen this year. It's hands down my favorite thing I've seen in a very long time. It is so good. It is. I just I don't understand. Like the buzz surrounding this movie is that it's like." going to be a little bit too wild i think for oscar voters or that it's gonna it's it's like meh like it's kind of messy i'm like i don't know what movie those people are watching because it is one of the most tightly written screenplays i've ever seen the end scene i get chills thinking about it how perfect it is on Mm. every Mm. level that is a one of the most perfect endings to any movie i have ever and i'm talking about ever seen yeah it is the way it was filmed is
0: Oh, God, it's, it's so good. It's
1: gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It is such a rich text. And my fear with this is that the – and I even noticed this at the screening that I went to last night. There are people that see – and I will not spoil anything, but there are certain – I was going to say
2: you better I'm not. I haven't spoil seen anything. it yet. <laughs> I will just
1: say, and Devin, you will know the first one of these scenes that I'm talking about when you see it. Um, there are scenes that people – laugh at or become super uncomfortable by and they have very outward external reactions to them and i think uh-huh. that if you that is your reaction to those scenes you are misreading the movie and the first ding, one ding. of these scenes that happens uh the way you react to it will determine how you feel about the whole movie and I just beg people to, when they're watching this, to not read those moments as being some sort of insane, campy, comedic thing because they're not. Sit with it. Consider what you're watching. Question what you think you're supposed to think about this character's motivations and his feelings towards Uh other characters in the first moment. And you will come away with one of the richest cinema experiences of the year. It is sublime it is such a good movie like i get chills even thinking about it
0: it's wonderful exactly what i have been saying to people it's mm-hmm. those moments while yes they hold a bit of a like oh my god i can't believe i'm watching this right now it's yeah. the why am push i watching it. this right yeah. now
1: push past it's the, the of that. Yeah. um
0: yeah it's it's my favorite movie of the year uh so far Ooh. and me too um, me too and mean something and, we agree uh, on jared i love that hey um but here's the thing I think it should get so many nominations. Me too. I I have fears, me too, that it won't because of um a certain um more I'll just I'll I'll be nice. I'll play nice. Conservative yeah. demographic of the Academy membership. Well,
1: I mean they went for something like The Favorite. I mean, I would compare this tonally to like The Favorite maybe uh except i mean it's a little wilder and the setting is like 2006 on and like a bunch of horny college kids so i mean it's like it's a little different and i do think that like i said a lot of the older academy members might turn it off at a certain point and that first scene um that you know i'm talking about and i think that there's several of those throughout the movie and i think that there's a lot of unfortunately, like as you see with some of our secret balloting every year, like there's a lot of people in the academy who don't necessarily uh watch movies with the most intellectual eye, I think. And yeah. um, not even that you need to be an intellectual to appreciate what Saltburn is. I think you just need to be mature about the movie that you're watching. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people in Hollywood and especially or or in the academy and especially in Hollywood in general are that mature when they watch certain movies so yeah i just beg people to be considerate and to really like internalize and think about and process what you're watching before your immediate reaction is to just be like oh my god and like laugh at this thing yeah. because it right it's so carefully constructed and it's, mm-hmm. it's i just i also think though that like i was thinking maybe rosamund pike could get a nomination for this at the start of the season 100%. after seeing this i don't believe that's gonna happen uh, Barry though deserves uh. to have his name among the top contenders for best actor because mm-hmm. this is light years mm-hmm. ahead of what he whatever the fuck he was doing in Banshees and got a nomination for uh, like have never been fair to see Ugh. a character turn up dead in a lake before um but <laughs> I mean in this I just also shout out to Carrie Mulligan for her five lines some of the Uh, funniest she's so good of the year so good in her little teeny tiny little scenes and Uh, it's just wonderful i love this movie jacob is
0: great the sister is great the Uh, sister uh, uh, yes wig i mean amazing uh, yeah uh richard e grant anyway the entire cast i'd love to see at the least a sag ensemble uh, nomination for the movie yeah 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 Devin, I can't wait for you to see it cuz yeah. then we'll get, we'll get to you'll understand all these little things that mm-hmm, we are talking mm-hmm, in code about mm-hmm. right now.
2: Thank you for um, not spoiling it. I'm going to say is this is one that I I know is a wild ride and I'm excited to go in with like as minimal, mm. you know, outside interference as possible. Yeah. you will
1: yeah. never take a um, No, I think you're right, Joey. Ba- Bafta for sure. No, BAFTA. Yeah. Oh. It's yeah. a
2: bathtub, not Bafta. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bafta.
2: Bafta. <laughs> A
0: bathtub. Anyway, Devin, you'll never take a bath the close. same way again.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: no, no. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk about one more movie that's trying to make a big impression, perhaps even throw some contenders over the top rope, get them to tap out. Uh, I don't. We could go all day with these these puns here, but uh, the one I'm talking about is the Iron Claw. This is a biopic about the wrestling Von Erich family and the supposed curse uh, that surrounded them. In case you missed it, three of that movie stars Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White, and Harris Dickinson are on the latest cover of EW. It's so good. Kudos to uh, everyone on the EW team who worked on that. Devin wrote that cover story. We were uh, both on the ranch set for that shoot, and uh, I want to start there, Devin, uh, with those guys as these brothers specifically the transformation they uh that they all made give us some insights there
2: it's really extraordinary so i'm somebody who didn't know a lot about wrestling going into this story um we have a couple of f- wrestling fans on staff one of whom mm-hmm. our producer sammy junio i know is listening right now hey. uh, thank you to sammy for giving me so much insight into the wrestling world um, and for my, my puns just- today <laughs> there you go, um, but it's a really uh, it's a really fascinating and really tragic story about the Von Erichs. Um, they were led by uh, this sort of like domineering father Fritz Von Erich, who's played um, by Holt McCallany from uh, Mine Hunter. And uh, it's basically a group of brothers who all kind of rise to fame within the wrestling world in the '70s and '80s. They all achieve incredible heights, um, but they face a lot of tragedy during their life. Um, you know, a lot of uh, sudden deaths, a lot of of a just real tragedy that uh, sort of kicks off this idea of the Von Erich curse. Um, and basically, uh, Harris Dickinson, Zach Efron, and uh, Jeremy Allen White, and then Stanley Simons, who plays the younger brother, um, they play these four brothers. Um, and it's a really interesting, it's directed by Sean Durkin, um, who did The Nest, and uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Yeah, uh, the love name that I always love it, love it, mess love it. up. Yes. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> um, and it's this really kind of Really kind of bittersweet and and really kind of lovely tribute to like brotherhood and masculinity and the it's really it was really fascinating to get to talk to these three actors because none of them had any familiarity with with wrestling going into this none of them had like seen much wrestling or spent much time in the ring or anything and they all transformed themselves into like professional wrestlers you know not just like the bodybuilding and like the aesthetic elements of it but actually learning how to wrestle and learning how to you know jump off the top rope and you know execute a drop kick and do all of these crazy moves and so it was really really fun to get to talk to them about sort of how they transformed themselves into Professional wrestlers, and Jared, I know you've seen the movie too. It's a pretty extraordinary transformation. Yeah. They look yeah. incredible. They are all yeah. like enormous. And yeah, I wouldn't want to cross paths with yeah. those guys. <laughs> no, like they are they are huge. And yeah. so it was really, really cool to get to talk to them about like sort of this crazy transformation process and basically training together to to become professional wrestlers.
0: I said I wouldn't want to cross paths with him. Of course, we did at the cover shoot, but I I mean more like like those guys in wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But those guys on that cover shoot that, um, you know, that that brotherly bond you're talking about that's in the movie. Mm -hmm. We I I think we felt a bit of that on set, too. Like those guys, you can tell like they they felt like they kind of really went through something together
2: yeah it was really cool to talk to them because they you know there is that sort of brotherly bond in real life they're very they like sort of poke fun at each other and like we gave them like a big giant plate of ribs Mm -hmm, that they they ate on camera and it got a little messy um Mm -hmm. but also like they're very like (laughs) it it was really cute to hear them talk about like how much they they really they're like they're so proud of each other it sounds like you know when you talk to somebody and they're like yeah my little brother is like so cool (laughs) like uh we were talking about like all the cool stuff like the the um, training and some of the moves they get to do and Zach Efron was like oh my god I was so proud of these guys like they came in and I was like blown away by how they were like doing all these crazy moves and like you know your iron claw is like totally killer and it was just it was really cool to, t- to talk to them and it seems like there's a tremendous amount of affection um, between them and they were all just so lovely and so chill I mean we had a long day out at this this horse ranch doing a bunch of video and photos and things like that and they were all just like in great spirits and had a had a great time and the final photos. If you have not seen them, oh. go to EW.com and look at them mm-hmm. because woo, they are they are <laughs> steaming.
0: One more, mm-hmm, Joey. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Devin, just for uh, for for Joey, for for <laughs> no one else who's listening. For Joey, tell tell him what they said about you know the the certain level of undress they had to be in as the wrestlers.
2: This is true. So I asked them about you know their costumes because they wear like in the ring at these crazy like seventies you know wrestling costumes where it's basically just like hot pants like shiny silver spandex and nothing <laughs> else. And um, I was asking like, what was your favorite you know costume oh, or whatever. No. And, um, no. Zach was like, honestly, I was just happy to wear costumes because I spent so much of this movie in like so little clothing. Like <laughs> I was naked for most of it. He was like, and they were like, it was kind of weird at first, but then you just get used to it you're just walking around. And there's, there's like all of these shots just like lingering on their like crazy bulging muscles in like, l- you know, little tiny, tiny whiteies, And it was just very funny to hear Zach just be like, look, I was just happy to get to wear some clothes because I'm not wearing a lot of clothes in this movie. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, Jeremy was like, "eh, it didn't bug me, right?" Was he the one who was like, "Yeah, he was like, eh, I you got used to it, it. pretty it. quickly." <laughs> yeah,
1: Saltburn, <laughs> two funny. starring Zac Efron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: uh, maybe so. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. So, so those guys. I mean, like you said, the story is really incredible, unbelievably tragic. Uh, in addition to all the like the fun that they are having in the ring, outside of it, um. It's not so much for them, uh, because of what happens uh, within their family, and and yes, it's a true story, and we could tell you some of that here, but also want to kind of preserve some of that viewing yeah. experience for you folks to uh to you know um take in the movie, uh and and experience. Uh, experience the family curse for yourself, I suppose. Um, Yeah, that movie, by the way, is in theaters December 22nd. Um, All right. Well, you two, that is it, I do believe, for this episode of The Awardist. Thanks for being
2: here. Thank you for letting me stop by. Always fun to get to hang out with you guys and talk about, I don't know, crazy things. Does it ever really
1: end, Jared? And I forgot to say... Oh, so, Here we go. well no you're going to be very happy oh, because oh, okay I... uh, we we're bringing it full circle um i am officially replacing penguin bloom i'm retiring <laughs> penguin bloom sorry to naomi watts
0: i can't believe this with... Hold on. i'm taking notes on the <laughs> yes. time and date
1: yes uh, i am replacing penguin bloom with carrie mulligan and saltburn
0: this is a stunning. There is a new
2: recurring yeah, bit stunning. for Joey. The, the new yeah.
1: recurring bit is Carrie Mulligan and Saltburn, and when the Academy eventually does not nominate her, the salt in my wound will burn very brightly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll just throw myself uh... out the window. <laughs> Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> Two, anatomy of a fall two, twinks tumble.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) God. On that note. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, on that note, thanks so much to all of you for listening, and sorry to put you through that. If you like what you're hearing here on The Awardist, follow, rate the podcast, and leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. We are at EW on X formerly known as Twitter, and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall. We will see you all back here next week on The Awardist and every day at EW.com. This episode of The Awardist is hosted and produced by Jared Hall and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.